And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, it was the 29th anniversary of the UFC last night, November 12th, 1993. It all started at November 12th of 2022. There was one hell of a card that we are going to talk about. Thank you for tuning in to the Weighing In Podcast. My man, Josh Thompson, is sitting there all toasty. He's got his little hoodie on, his little beanie on. He thinks he's being kind of fucking like cool and sexy. He's not. But we've got to explain that to him because it takes a lot to get through that thick head. What is up, Bubba? Uh, oh, man, it's cold <laughs> here. It's cold here. It's like below like 60 degrees. Oh. <laughs> I'm bundled up. No, it's great. Everything is good. Um, You know, card was good last night. You know, it was yeah. uh, it was good. It was uh, there was a lot going on yesterday, man. A lot going on yesterday. So. Just a lot of news that dropped, fights that were announced, just trying to keep up with all the other, well, I was just trying to keep up with what whatever the media was posting. You see, I was, <laughs> I was just trying to keep up with the media, you know? Why, just, you don't uh, post things? No, I don't, I don't write <laughs> stories and I don't post things and about, you know, I just, yeah, I, no, 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 I don't do any of that stuff. So anyways, hey, we are, we had a good time last night. It was a good, it was a good show. Fights were good. It was a good, good show. You know, it was a good show. and um, Lots of knockouts. Yeah, you know. There was one fight that kind of threw me off. Which one was and we'll, that? And we'll talk about it. Is uh, Puelas and... Uh, and oh, um, Dan oh, Hooker. Man, Hooker. I'm like, what are you doing, kid? He's, well, he, you know what? He proved that he is not yet of that level. No. You know, and I actually thought he was. So I'm not going to, you know, it's not going to sit there. Oh, I knew he did. I actually thought he was because his yep. ground game is outstanding. And yeah. look, he had Hooker in trouble at one moment, but Hooker was very calm, relaxed. He got himself mm-hmm. out. But you look and you go, son, you cannot be dropping to your ass no. at the level that no. you're fighting. You see guys doing that in regionals, you see guys mm-hmm. doing that grassroots shows. You know, I've I've actually, you know, disqualified people for doing that exact thing over and over. And it's like you're showing that you can't handle who you're fighting against. Yeah, this is not, you know, I no one made you no one made you freaking sign up for this. And mm-hmm. if you're you're saying that, you know what, you can't handle it, go out on your shield or or tell your corner, throw in the towel. I don't give a shit. You can't just start flop into your butt yeah what? well we'll talk more about that fight we'll here in a that. little bit but let's uh let's just jump right into the main event man let's go right from the top and Do work we our way to? down Do we have to talk about yeah, that fight? was yeah, it really because yeah. it really was <laughs> yeah. it was it was a good fight well this well, is go ahead john i spent i spent la- uh, our midweek show and we were i talked we opened up the show and i talked about you know we got two from the ufc we had two crappy cards that in between ones and I and a lot of people were like, you know, I don't mind those cards. I say I don't mind them either. I think some of the fight night cards are fantastic. Yeah, I think, and it gives those it gives those fighters that are up and coming a chance to really to really shine and to really go out there, not having to compete with okay, is is Izzy or is you know Whaley? Are they going to get the fight of the night? You know, when you have a big time name on there, almost every time the UFC will give fight of the night, a performance of the night to the bigger name people. 
You know, it's almost every time. And so then now that the bigger name people are not on those Friday nights, they have a time, they have a moment to shine for themselves and have a potential to make a little extra money on top of just bringing more eyes, you know, or people really paying attention to each fight. They have an opportunity to shine through, through those other fighters that are on that card. Um, but this, you could just see the difference between those cards and this cards and this card. It was so stacked. It almost felt like there was no way it could fail. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, but we've seen it before where you've yeah. had cards that you look and you go, man, it's stacked. This is going to be awesome. And it just turns out to be all right. Well, every time the UFC does three fight night, uh, three fight, three championships, uh, three championships on <laughs> almost every time. That's yeah. it's almost a guaranteed flop. That's why they did two on this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> smart. Like, very, very yeah. smart. Well played. I mean, John, this. Uh, if you are Izzy, what is going through your mind? This show is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Big John and I had some good odds for you guys through MyBookie.ag, but only when you used our promo code Wayne in. This fight last night was fire. You actually would have listened to us during the week. You would have walked away with some big time money. We called it. We called it. We called it, John. The fights were great. The performances were great. The odds were great at MyBookie.ag. We used our promo code Wayne in. Hopefully, we brought you home some money. Continue to listen to our show, subscribe, and we want to thank you guys for shopping at mybookie.ag for all your best betting odds. I, you know, I thought he fought a very smart fight, very good fight. It was exact, exactly what I thought he was going to do, and we we talked about it. I thought he was going to actually go for a takedown somewhere in there. He did. I thought it was it worked well for him. Look, you know, that round was a very difficult round for Perea. He was in trouble as far as he didn't. When you're thinking so much about what do I do, there's problems because it means you're steps behind. Mm -hmm. And he was steps behind in that round. And I, I, always, I knew going in, look, Alex is going to pressure Adesanya, which is something we see a lot of guys try to do, but they can't do well. Mm -hmm. He matches up so well in the length, and that's something that, is he really uses to his advantage against most guys in the middleweight division is his length gives him an advantage as far as he's able to control the distance. He's very, very difficult to hit. Well, his he's speed so... with it too, though, John. It's his oh, speed absolutely. and his length absolutely. together. Absolutely. You know, it, it, the speed is what comes when he's countering. When you do attempt to hit him, he, he either pulls the head back or he parries and then throws shots, and it's that speed on him and with that counter shot that makes it so difficult. And you look and you go, he did a lot of that even against, you know, Perea here in this fight. It was just that as Izzy was moving on, I, th I do think his confidence got more and more as the fight was going on. I had him up 3-1 going mm -hmm. into that fifth round. Yeah. I could I have seen potentially 2-2. Two, two. I could have seen potentially, but I was, leaning, I was leaning towards 3-1. Yeah, I, you know, I'm being honest. And, you know, I, I was trying to look. I was saying, you know, I don't care who wins. And I really, I had Izzy up 3-1. But that last round, you know, I think he knew that Alex had to come out and really go after him. And he was doing, you know, he was moving around. But he got into that one point where he was in the clinch, and you see how he grabs over the top and he he, he, tr he tries to clamp down on the clinch. And you look and he's, 
and I understood that like he took a lot of shots to the body, a lot of shots to the body when he was in the clinch. I thought, and I really thought that he would do better in the clinch than Alex. That was one of the things we talked about. I thought his clinch game would be better, and it was in certain aspects. But as far as eating strikes, he ate more strikes in that clinch throughout the fight than Alex did. I just look and I think that some of the things he was more tired than he looked a little bit and the movement wasn't quite what it was. And as soon as he got hit by the one right hand, you looked and you said, oh, that stung him. And then immediately, Mm -hmm. and it was the, the, the big difference in what occurred in that fifth round. It was what I was thinking throughout the fight was first off, Alex kept on throwing that fucking left hook raw dog. It was horrible. You go, you've got to set that shot up. And the other thing he was doing is he was throwing, for the most part, singles, doubles. He didn't get into the three fours that you need to get into to touch Izzy and cause him a problem. And that's what he actually started to do when he went after him in that fifth round. If you're Izzy, you're looking, you're going, no matter what, carrying the title is a heavy load. We talk about it all the time. It's not easy, and there's pressure involved with it. And in some ways, he's going, okay, let me get a reset. I'm good. I'll come back. And he will. But he had that fight. He did have the fight, I thought. I thought he was winning it, but you got to give it to Perea, man. He did exactly what what he had to do to get the victory, man. And that's that's a winner. Yeah, look, if you guys listen to our show, hindsight's 50-50. We can sit up here and talk about how <laughs> how yeah. Izzy, Izzy should have done this, Izzy should have done that. But the bottom line is, if anyone deserves a an automatic rematch outside of Kamaru Usman, it's it's Israel Adesanya. So I could imagine they're going to do a, a automatic rematch. I can't imagine them not. This is very much like the Leon Edwards Usman fight, almost exactly. I mean, there was a there was a I minute. Mean, I mean, yes and no. Mm-hmm. Look, let's be honest. Preya was at six and one coming into this fight. Mm-hmm. Leon Edwards wasn't at six and one, and Leon had more. No, he had more wins in a row in the UFC mm-hmm. than Preya has fights. Yeah. So. No, I get I get what you're saying. I do get what you're saying, but it, I'm looking at it as they're not gonna. I don't think they're gonna pass up an opportunity to make more money on this fight. No, I don't they, either. And Izzy, I believe, was setting to getting ready to set the record or tie the record with uh, Anderson for the most middleweight defenses. Mm-hmm. Am I correct? So, um, you know, so this this just leads up. You know, hey, the record's now off the table. Here we are. Let's start it all over and. And let's go ahead and make some more money on these two guys fighting. But overall, I agree with you on Izzy. He did a lot of great things. He yeah. did. He was smooth when he rocked uh, Pereira in the Ooh. what end of the first, second, second. So when he rocked him, he kind of just changed the tempo of the fight. I thought it was the end of the first. It, it might have been because he he stole the round with it, man. He because he, uh, he was actually losing that round. Mm-hmm. And when he hurt him, he also hit him after the bell, which hey, that's just, that's yeah. just part of what is happening. But yeah, he 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 took that round based upon those two shots. Mm. And you're looking, and uh, I th- you think so? Was that? Oh, absolutely, okay. absolutely. Yeah, I, dude, he he was almost out of the fight. Yeah, that's true. I mean, saved by the bell for sure. Hello, 
Guess That's what? what I say by the bell. That means yeah. you lose the round. All right. <laughs> Unless you did a whole lot of great work and had the same thing going the other way. You know, no. No. Nah. Yeah, I um I thought Alex fought a good fight. I thought he I think you're right. I think it was the first round now that I'm I think thinking. It was back. the end of the first, I believe. Yeah. And I and that's I wasn't sure. Alex if came he, back and won the second. And Alex came back and won the second. Uh well then what what round did he get taken down in? The third? Third round. Third round got dominated from the top position, was just getting mm-hmm. taken down over and over. Okay. So anyways, it was um he just I thought Izzy looked good in terms of Doing the things he needed to do in the clinch. He was good on the feet. Stand up. He was letting his back get to the fence. And I was listening a little bit to, I think it was Joe. Joe saying, like, every time Izzy's back touches the fence, he's in trouble. And it seemed like every time he was his back foot and his back turned squared, that he was he was getting hit with some shots. Whether it was the body, like you were saying, with the straight jab to the body or the hooks to the body. And then coming back upstairs to the top. All of those things played a factor on the damage that he was taking. He took some big shots earlier in the fight, too. He just... As the fight went on, he sort of realized, okay, I've got this in the bag a little bit. He kind of, he should have known, which I think he did know, that Alex was going to come out super aggressive in the fifth because he knew he had to win that round. Sure. I just, I would have liked to have seen the fact that he was so dominant in the ground position. I would have liked to have seen him, you know, work a little bit more on those takedowns. Maybe, and, and when we talked about this the week, I was like, yeah. You know, is gonna maybe try to shoot or Alex gonna try to shoot, but I think if anyone tries to shoot, it'll be it'll be Izzy. Because mm-hmm. I everyone we got a lot I by the way, I got a lot of flack, or we got a lot of flack because we didn't mention the fact that he had trained with Glover. My my thought process on him training with Glover is that he uses that as an anti grappling. You're trying to train with somebody who's a good fighter, fantastic fighter, who's good on the ground. You're trying to learn how to stuff every single one of his takedowns because that's you know that's who you're gonna be fighting. You don't want to be on the ground. Yeah, not, it doesn't you you're not you're not with and, and in fact you could see at the one point when they were in a grappling situation and you saw Perea go for he actually went for a leg lock. Started to. But the skill set is not there to complete that. No. He doesn't understand the technicalities of where I need to how I need to squeeze with my legs, what I need to do. It's not there. There's mm-hmm. too much space and the leg's gonna come out. And you look at you go, that's not his game. No, his game is striking. All he does with Glover, I'm sure Glover puts him through grappling situations where he's teaching him how to do things mm-hmm. too. But it's all about this is how you stay safe. That's yeah. where the emphasis lies. And it was very evident, like as soon as the takedown was done, and Izzy was able to control him from the top position. Then if I was the coaches or the corner, like I said, hindsight's fifty fifty. But I would have had him try to get a takedown or two later on a couple of times in terms of working for it. Like yeah. don't go out there and raw dog shoot a, a double leg and no, stuff. No. But work your to me when he put Perea's back to the cage, Perea did some good work with his striking, but you could see Izzy was able to control his body and work for that body lock takedown. Work for your trips. Just keep on sweeping out his legs kick his legs inside and outside and see where his balance is at. Yeah. That's, you know, that's your your way of getting a takedown the, the without burning energy, without putting yourself in a bad position. 
Yeah, I'd, like with Izzy, he just he could have worked I think a little bit a couple more times later in those in those later rounds to try to get that takedown, especially in the fifth. I would have thought that you would have said, "Hey, let's maybe press this to the fence. Let's drop down on the leg, single, maybe try to get a takedown or get the body lock type takedown, something to maybe take away the knees." Um, but this is all things that I can sit up here and talk about all day long, John, and be like, "Yeah, he could have, should have, would have, all this bullshit." But he overall, fought a great he, fight. At the end of the day, he was winning the fight. He fought a great fight. You know, and uh, for Alex, it's the one thing was, power does. Yeah, it's an equalizer. That's true. But here's the other thing: everyone kept saying because I was kind of reading through some comments, reading some Twitter stuff, and everyone, and, and even some of the media is like, "Well, how's he going to handle being in the fourth and the fifth, Alex?" You know, he's never had to go to the fourth and the fifth. I'm like, yeah, but he is a world class kickboxer. He knows how to pace himself. He knows when to explode. He knows when not to explode. He knows when to try to slow the fight he knows down. How to he knows relax. When, he knows how to relax. Like he, and and I agree that he was tired throughout that fight. But as you're as you can tell, he's in phenomenal shape. In the the shit in the best shape that they're in, they come out after every round, they're almost fresh again. It's that recovery yep. time. Doesn't mean That's that right. you're not tired. You're gonna means, get tired. It just means you have to take a couple deep breaths. Yeah, how much do I recover in that one minute? When when athletes train, it comes down to I would do like say I do minute minute twenty sprints, you know, somewhere in there. Then as my fight got closer, I would reduce the recovery time between sprints. Say I would do twenty, I would do twenty two sprints, you know, and I would end up doing say uh, towards the end of my uh, camp as I'm getting ready to fight, I'd be doing a minute twenty to a minute thirty sprint with a thirty to forty five second recovery time. So you can train your body to be able to just take a couple deep breaths, get back at it again, and so. You can see that he was somebody that, sure, he was tired in some cases. He was throwing, kind of laboring the punch a little bit. He was kind of struggling in the clinch a little bit. But then as he got away and they broke away or in between rounds, he came out. He was fresh. And and I think Alex, he's he's got all the talent on the feet. He lacks big time on the grappling. Whereas Izzy, Izzy's got, he's got that takedown defense. He did a couple of good things in getting this fight to the ground. The control I was pretty impressed with as well when he got to the ground. I mean, Alex has fought some other guys. How about Perea's takedown though? Perea hit that takedown. <laughs> and I was like, there you go. I mean, so. they both have it, but if I'm leaning like who has the better yes. training on the ground, it's going to be Izzy. I was surprised to be honest. I was surprised. I was thinking yeah. that Alex, you know, because like everyone kept saying, well, he's trained with uh, Glover. He's sparring partners with Glover. I'm like, yeah, but he's not. That's not what he does. And neither that's, that's not that's not what Izzy does either. Yeah, but, but Izzy has been around long enough that's and true. trained long enough mm -hmm. to where he has become very proficient in what we call anti-wrestling. Yeah. His defensive wrestling is really good. He knows exactly where to put his arms how to how to you know position his feet his hips stay heavy he does all the right things it was it was what was funny at one point he went for a takedown at one point where he had he goes and he actually gets his hands dropped down on the hips and he he tries to pick alex up and alex drags that foot and it, it stops the takedown because he's unable to get him high enough and and being as tall as izzy is you would think oh, he'd be able to do that yeah and that's exactly what he does to guys all the time it's not easy when someone's able to keep that foot and use that. You're using the ground as a pressure point. It changes everything. You could see the size difference in that 
right when they step together against in the cage. I know at the weigh-ins you could see as well, but I'm saying when you got when they get in the cage and it's just the two of them circling and they're face to face getting ready to throw punches, I was like, holy shit, Alex is huge. Is huge. Yeah. He is so big and thick yeah. too. He's like fills out a lot more, yeah. and and I thought that the reach and the size of it all would give Izzy some problems. It wasn't that. It was the it was the respect for the power that gave Izzy some problems. You know, the fact that he had been finished before by him, and you know he's felt his power in the fight that they had fought and what the distance in. Then, um, you know, and in this fight, being the smaller gloves, not ha- not having the big padded gloves for more defense, I think all those things weighed on Izzy's mind, and he fought he fought a great fight all the way up until that last little bit. And I don't know what was going on in that in the corner between those rounds, but. If I was his corner, I would have been saying, "Hey, let's let's close it. If he starts getting off, let's grab him, let's close the distance, let's clinch him, let's slow it down, let's hang on him, let's make him tired." Because you saw the results every time they got into those clinches and then they they came back out. Alex wasn't the same guy. No. He wasn't he didn't have the same pop. He didn't have the same speed. He slow, his output was a lot less almost every time they came out of those clinches. And like you said though, is that Izzy wasn't he wasn't winning the clinch either, but there was seconds there like when you're just trying to win that last round to put this thing in the bag. You know, you're the chances of you getting knocked out in the clinch are less likely than you getting knocked out in the on the feet against someone who's as top level kickboxer as you are. I think they're gonna obviously I think they're gonna run this thing back as soon as possible. I think um they're gonna build this thing up and they're gonna do it again. That's what I think is gonna happen. I agree. You know, and because you got to look at it, if you're the UFC, you got to be honest and say, in watching your new champion, you've got to be honest and say he's got big holes. And you, you put a good grappler against him, a guy that has decent stand up with good takedowns, stand by. He hits the ground, and that 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 opponent's good on his on the ground. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a long night for him. It's not a you know this is. This is one of those ones where you look and you say, you know, styles make fights. And mm-hmm. Izzy against Perea, I mean, it's a, I think it's a great matchup every time. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be different if you, you know, just go down the list. You put Robert, Robert Whitaker. Now, obviously, Robert Whitaker cannot be in a stand-up battle with Perea. But he's not going to try to be in a stand-up yeah. battle with him. He's going to try to take him down. And if you, you know, you look at it, you know, Marvin Vittori. Like Marvin, one thing he is, he's got a chin, so he can take some some shots, but he's good at getting people to the ground and grinding on him. And if he gets that fight to the ground and grinds on, you know, Alex, look out. You know, it's, there's a lot of guys. Jack Hermanson, you know, I'm not saying they're going to put him in. The, can you imagine if Hermanson goes to the ground with It's going to be over. Yeah. So there's a lot, you know, there's a lot there that you look at, you know, and there's other guys. Look at Muniz. I mean, I know he's way down the list, but if you look at, you know, Andre Muniz, I mean, god damn. His ground game is fantastic. Yeah, when you look at what the UFC did, they did they did what they had to do to make the most money and capitalize on this fight. They fast-tracked Alex and they gave him the Which fight. Which you could understand. Yeah, yeah. But they fast-tracked him, gave him the fights that they knew were going to be beneficial to him or gave him a good chance, an opportunity yes. to get to Israel Adesanya. Absolutely. That's what they did. Which um, I agree with. I think it was the right move for them. Don't sit no, there and try to get Alex Perea beat. 
Yeah. Give him fights that are going to push him a little bit in certain areas. But, you know, when, you, when you're putting him against Sean Strickland, and, and it's not that Sean can't go to the ground. You just know that he's not. Yeah. He's going he's gonna to get into a stand-up battle with him. Okay, yeah. let's see what happens. Yeah, we found out what happened. Yeah. <laughs> it was, um, when I'm looking at this, John, when I'm looking at the, the weight classes and the bracket here, not bracket, but the, uh, Rank the rankings, rankings, you said it. Him versus Robert Whitaker, I think it's a smoke show. I think Robert Whitaker beats him handily. You know, uh, and like he styles make matchups. This the MMA math exactly is not going to add up. But I got Cannoneer might even take him down. My, you, know, you know, and Marvin Vittori for sure is going to try to take him will. down. Derek Brunson, I mean, Derek Brunson going to get him down easily. You know what I mean? And then you get into who else? Paulo Costa. I don't know which Paulo Costa is going to show up. You know, <laughs> but like you get down the list there. You know those guys they can. They can wrestle, yep. and so if you're if you're the UFC, you're going yeah. Let's let's capitalize because I can't. We can't afford to have him fight somebody else and lose the title before he fights Izzy again. So they're going to do an automatic rematch. It's, it would just be the it'd be probably the smartest thing for them to do. Um, it's no different than the Usman thing, I believe. You know, he was Izzy was up, Usman was up. They got finished at the end. Um, they had long, long was it. They went a long time without being defeated or whatever it was. They had, what, 13, 14 fights. I think for Izzy, this was number 12 or something like that. So, I mean, it's it seems like they're going to run it back. I wonder when they'll run it back. He's going to need some time to, to let his brain heal a little bit. But let's let's talk about this, though, John. Was it an early stoppage? No. Are you <laughs> yes sure? No. Okay, well, look at this. Like I, I had certain criteria and certain rules, and when when I had someone like Izzy in there, mm-hmm. I would try to give them everything that I could. If they started to, you know, as we would talk about, they 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 get into the deep waters and and the water's starting to go over their head. I would let Izzy be underwater longer than I would other people, mm-hmm. based upon he deserves it. He's proven himself. He's a champ. I want to give him everything that I can, but that doesn't mean that I have to see that last nail in the coffin for me to know he's done. And I look at this fight, and uh, I want to say that there was 15 unanswered blows, and, and some of them very hard. 15 that touched him that he did not respond in any type of offensive manner. 15 shots from a guy that's a professional fighter like Alex Perea that's got power and everything. That's a lot of damage, Josh. You know that. Mm-hmm. That's a, there's a whole lot. Could he possibly have taken more? Yes. And I'm not going to sit there and say that he couldn't. He possibly could have. But the referee's job in that is to say, can you intelligently defend yourself at this time? And Mark Goddard made the decision that no. At, the, at this moment, now you are nothing more than a punching bag and a sitting target, and I'm waiting for the one shot to put you face down, ass up. I'm not going to wait for that shot, mm. and he stops the fight. I'm okay with it. I, I, I looked at he, he was seriously hurt. Yeah. So. I think. I think I, I think I would have let him take maybe one more. Okay. You know that's okay. 
But I but agree. I, I want you to compare this because you had you had multiples. Let's take a look at, and we're going to talk about it, but let's take a look at Dustin Poirier when he is hurt by Michael Chandler. Okay, you see, you see Poirier, he's using the fence at just the same as Israel is. Israel is using that cage as a balance point because he's having a hard time balancing his body, controlling its movement. Okay, not that he can't do some, but it's his brain is kind of seeing things, but his body's not responding the same way. When Dustin is getting hit by Michael Chandler, where are his hands and where are his eyes? Mm-hmm. And that's a big part of when you look at how is someone responding to this. If you look at the end and you look at where Izzy's head is and where his eyes are at, they're not on Alex Perea. They're looking down. They're looking off to the side because he's trying to move. And when you're not able to see the punches coming, bad things happen. And I think that's what Mark Goddard saw. Yeah, possibly. I, j- I look at... Man, Mark Goddard. Jeez, that guy. What a... Come on. Really? You, you gotta let that fight. No, I'm just kidding. I, I just... I don't know. I feel like a guy who has an opportunity to... Who's been undefeated for however long. I know that he lost to, to Yawn, but he had he's fought the who's who he's been in these type of situations where he's been in trouble maybe not in MMA but in kickboxing all these type of situations there was still an opportunity there for him to clinch grab and we saw throughout Possibly. the fight that we saw throughout the fight that Alex didn't handle those type of situations the greatest so if he was able to get his hands on him if he was able to hold him drag him down or just clinch him up and take away his striking I think the fight could end up going the distance and he would end up winning the fight. Could have been a 10-8 round, though, too, and we'd be saying maybe something else. So there's a lot of what-ifs in this in this scenario, obviously. But I look at, and I've, I think I continue to always look at this, is that how the refs and how the judge or how the refs view these type of fights is the, his experience, like you said, should outweigh the fact that he he's able to go ahead and continue to fight. You should have let him go a little bit further because he has all that experience because he's been in these situations before, because he's the champ and the champ deserves a little bit more of an opportunity. I would have let him go a little bit longer. Just me personally, but okay. Let's look at the other side though. A good friend of yours who's commentating that night, Dan Cormier says this thing could have been stopped much earlier. Did he not? But if that was Dan's fight, he would have never. It would well, have been I can tell you exactly the... what Dan says yeah. in the back about stopping his fights. Yeah, but and Dan Cormier is a good a good example. Look, I let John Jones in the second fight against Dan Cormier. I I gave Dan everything I could give him to the point where yeah, last shot he goes out. Yeah, I you know, and so there are people. Came Velasquez being one was mad at me because I let it go that far, mm. and you're gonna get both sides. You're, you're yeah. going to get both sides and you're, you're never going to make everybody happy because even when you do it as good as possible, there's going to be someone that doesn't like it. I look and say, was it a bad stoppage? No, it's not. Could he have let him go farther? Yeah, he yeah. could have, but it doesn't mean that the, anything was going to change. Yeah. Doesn't, you know, there's a possibility. I'm not telling you there's not, there's always that possibility but when when you have a fighter who is now not looking at their opponent, not seeing where the shots are coming from, 
that's when bad things usually start to really happen. Yeah, I can understand that. I can understand that in terms of the Kane and the uh, DC situation. I mean, look, if you're if you're a mother or a father or a really close friend, absolutely, you're going to get upset. You're going to get Absolutely. pissed. Why didn't you stop it early? But if you're a fan or if you're the fighter, you're like, what are you doing? I can keep going. Yep. So I can't I, but make in everybody that, happy. Yeah. But in that situation, though, with the John Jones situation, that that was that the, you allowed the nail in the coffin. This one was we don't we don't know. And that's I think if you're the champ, you want to know. You always want to know. And that is. Yeah, and that's part of this whole thing. When you look and you go. When you go to the point that there's no doubt, okay, Dan, Dan against John Jones, look, there's no doubt. John, he put him out yep. with the last one, and I got him off of him. But there are those people that are going to look and say, "Yeah, but you know, you didn't have to let it get to that." You know, one being mm -hmm. his training partner in Kane Velasquez. Mm -hmm. You know, you should have known that he was done before that. Well, this is you know, in the back talking with DC. What's the one thing DC is saying? John, don't stop my fight. If I'm going, trust me, I'm going to get myself back. Don't stop my fight. Yep. Daniel, I will let it go as far as I can. Yeah. And that's what you're telling him. And yes, in that situation, no one can now say, John, he had a chance. Nope. Okay, that was proven. Yes, they can say it here with Mark that, well, there's a possibility, like you're talking about, he could have gotten a hold of him. Any of those things. Yes. Yeah. I, I cannot argue with you. There is that possibility. But I totally understand why Mark stopped the fight. And I'm going to say right now, it's not a bad stoppage. Yeah. No, I'm not saying it was a bad stoppage. I just thought it was a little early. I thought, is he given his credentials and what was at stake and the fact that he was winning the fight? I weighed all those things and I'm like, look, I need to see. And I also want to make sure that it's, it's a, it's something when I look at it, I know that it's exactly who won that fight and how yeah. he won. It, and there's no question yeah. that there's no question anymore. Okay. Like, is he could have done this or he would have done this? And I could sit here and say that because hindsight's 50 50, but it just comes down to this. Like, I, we're, John, we're sitting here having this conversation. I love you, brother. I know. <laughs> we're, we're sitting here having this conversation because there is. Yes. The possibility there is a question in there, and that's it. And that is, and, and this is what's, to, and this is why when it comes to, you know, and this is why I tell you, like, you cannot referee every fight the same. No. You'll get some referees that'll say, "Oh yes, I referee." It's, you're lying. You can't do it. If you're going to do this job correctly, it's impossible for you to referee them all the same. There are fights that you look and you go, "I gotta let that fight go." I get that that's one and, and this is I know it sounds you know you I'm going to get people saying oh you know, you know it should be no difference there's a huge difference because in this fight just this one uh, you know Izzy against Alex both men this is not a just a this is not a fight that the matchmakers just put together this is a fight if you're actually looking at it where both men have earned the right to be a main event championship title fight in Madison Square Garden based upon things that they have done to get themselves there. Now that you can go all the way back into their kickboxing careers and everything with it, but they've 
they've worked and earned this right. This is not just your normal fight. And you're gonna you're gonna get those when you get the champion versus champion fights, someone going up or down. Alex Volkanovsky is now gonna be fighting Islam Makashev in Perth. <laughs> and you look and you go, Hey, you cannot just stop that fight. Mm-hmm. You have got to let that thing go. There can be no doubts about that fight because both guys have earned the right to be in that super fight. Islam, by becoming the champion, yeah, he hasn't defended the title yet, but Volkanovski has definitely proven his value and his worth, and he deserves a shot at a guy that everyone is saying is the monster of the lightweights. Well, he's the pound-for-pound guy that's a weight class down. You've got to referee that fight different than you will just one that's on the card. Just the truth. Yep. Yeah, because otherwise we would have nothing else to talk about if the refs did their job. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it really just comes down to the fans, the the fighters, the the press, and everyone else. They all want to walk away from an event going. It was a clear, yep, victory for for one fighter. And we, we kind of walked away going, ah, could he have clinched him? Could he have? It's pretty That's clear it. to me. Alex yeah. Bahia. He did him again. Look, I thought I had Izzy winning. But, you know, if you're Izzy, it gives you a little bit of a, ah, I think it got stopped. Early. Okay. You're going to get another shot at him. Yeah, I can't imagine them not giving him up. If, okay, now if Izzy ended up getting hit with another left hook, we'll say, and he ends up fucking face down, ass up. Does he have the same mindset? I don't know. I don't know. I don't I probably not. Probably, probably not. not. But you already know that he was he was knocked out before with big gloves, and so, I mean, sure, now both of them yeah, are going but, through you know, his mind. You could take a look, and, I, and I, I've seen both of those fights, mm-hmm. and he did have, you know, Alex in trouble in that fight that he got knocked out in, you know, mm-hmm. he had him in big trouble. And in the first fight, you know, similar to, you know, when I, when I refereed Izzy and, uh, glory, you know, he had a fight and, uh, I thought he won the, it was a title fight. I thought he won it. The judges gave it to, you know, his opponent, you know, same as in the first fight I had Izzy winning the fight. I thought mm-hmm. he actually, you know, fought better. So it's just, Hey, yeah, there's things that you can always take and say one shot. That's the big difference. If you're going to take a look at the the huge difference between Alex Perea and Israel Adesanya is one's got power, one shot power. Now it's hard for him to deliver that against his opponent, but if it gets put on target, hey, he can put Israel out. You know what, John? I loved is that we we got a lot of uh, flack on our comment sections on our YouTube channel. So make sure you guys hit that subscribe button if you guys want to talk some more trash to us. Is <laughs> we we were last on Tuesday? I think we were saying Pahea, yeah. and then I was listening to the broadcast, and everyone said his name differently. So I don't ever want to hear people correct me again about names. It is everybody pa- Ray Ha. Pa- Pereira. Pereira. I heard Pereira. I heard Pereira. I heard Pereira. Yeah, I, per- I, I heard the, the real, the real, the real problem is saying Alex's name the right way, Alex, because it's yeah, not have- Alex. You know, it's, it's, you well, don't say. Please I, enlighten it's just me. Easier. 
Enlighten I can't me. even what, say it right. It's, what it's the fuck like, is it then? It's not Alex. It's, it's spelled Alex, dude. I know it's, <laughs> that's because it's American, but he says it different. You know, it's like, but I, his last name is Pareja. All right. Just well, say Ray thing, in the middle. I'm just going to keep calling him Alex because that's the way it's spelled American-wise. Gosh. All right. Hey, let's get into the co-main event. John, John, John. Ah, Wei Li versus Carla Esparza. There were some great moments in this fight, some great scrambles. Athleticism of Zhang Wei Li is unbelievable. She is an athlete, man. She is fast. She's strong. She's got great balance. She, her body awareness of where she's at and how she can move herself into a better position is just phenomenal when I watch her. She's a complete fighter. Yeah. You know, yeah, and um, and as much as we all like Carla, she's a one-dimensional fighter. And when she fights fighters that can stand and maybe potentially give her a hard time with the takedowns, she kind of falls back into Shrink. her shell. Yeah, she shrinks, shrinks into her shell, and she's not the same fighter. Um, <clears throat> I almost felt like she was just happy to be there. And yep. it's like, and that's, that's not the way you go out there and continue to, to maintain your title, to defend your title, to the fear that you need to put into, or at least make people hesitant of what you bring to the table. It works against some fighters. Her wrestling is fantastic. But even in, in the wrestling department with Wei Li against her, she made some mistakes. Oh yeah. You know, she ended up mounted. She ended up in trouble on the, from the top, from the bottom. She was, it was just. It was a little it was a little sloppy at some points. There were some good scrambles to get herself out of those positions. She did some good stuff. Um, but you could just see Whaley's confidence start to grow as she defended takedowns or she outscrambled Carla. She started, okay, now that I know I can do these this, this, and this, I can let my hands go a little bit more. I can let my kiss go a little bit more. And she just understood what was the realm of everything that Carla brought to the table and there was nothing for her to fear. Look, I've known Carla for a long time, and I, and I love Carla. She's a sweetheart of a human being. She's a very accomplished fighter. I mean, she's a two-time UFC strawweight champion. You can take nothing away from her, but it's exactly what you're saying. There's too much there with Zhang Wei Li as far as she can transition to too many things that put Carla in a position she's, she's playing catch-up. She can't match it. No. Where she can match her is in the wrestling area, and when that doesn't work, then she then she has the problems. And that's what I think. Look, let's be honest. We saw this going into the fight. I think you know most people saw this going into the fight. Is Carla is in a position where she has got to get the takedowns and do damage from the top position, which she can do to most people. But you are looking at her against someone that is not easy to take down in Weili Zhang and someone that usually doesn't stay on their back if they get taken down. She scrambles to get to the top position or she scrambles to get back to her mm -hmm. feet. And with you know, her athleticism, you just look and you go, man, it's just a bad matchup. And like we just you know talked about before, matchups make fights. Styles make fights. And there's people that I, I will look at and say, Carla Esparza will always give that person a, a bad fight a hard fight it's going to be a tough tough thing for them to get past her and in this one you know it's, i looked at, if it was if it was joanna 
I would say Ioana is a bad matchup for Carla Esparza. She's got very good wrestling takedown defense. She's hard to take down. And on the feet, she just outmatches Carla in a way that Carla can't make up. It's the same thing with Wei Li, and that, that's what we saw. But you got you to gotta give it up. You know, the submission was sweet. Mm-hmm. The way she took her time, had the arm trapped, you know, Carla's trying to hold on to the, you know, the one hand to keep it from going. And she's just got her arm around the neck and Whaley's just waiting, you know, wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. She's stronger, wiggles her arm free, locks it up. There's nothing for Carla to do. You know, she was stuck yeah. in the position, you know, it was, it was what we thought it was what, you know, I thought it was going to be, I said somewhere around the second, maybe it'll yeah. go to the third round, but I said second round. It was. It's just too much for someone to stay in that RPM level of, I've got to work harder to keep this thing even. That that doesn't work for you in fighting. That's usually what ends up making you fall off the cliff. Yeah, when you get to that upper level, being one dimensional is it's hard to. You got to work harder. Yeah, you got to work harder. It's harder to be to continue to be successful. Certain fighters were able to make a long career out of it. Damian Maya was very yeah. one-dimensional, and his stand-up came along, but he yeah, still was so did, never. And a, so did Carlos. Yes, yeah, st- was never a big stand-up guy, you know. But same thing with Carlos. She's not a stand-up fighter. She's more of a grappling, ground and pound, some submissions in there. But yep. she's more. Let me just grind on you, wear you down, do that, do what I need to do from the top position. But if you're that fighter, it's hard to maintain that high level of fighting because the new generation of fighters are so well-rounded. They can fight this fight anywhere. And so she's going to continue to run into that problem. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, it's it happens. It happens. But this, this is the name of the game, John. You've got to become a little bit more well-rounded. But then at her age, not that she's old. I'm just saying, like, at <laughs> all the years that she's been doing this, she's been, she was the first, I believe, strawweight, right? First champion. strawweight champion out, out yeah. of the tough series. Yep. She came out of the tough. She beat Rose, correct, for that? Yes. She beat Rose for that, and then she lost it to Joanna. What the fight? One fight later, was it one fight later? It might I think it might have been. Yeah, I think she lost it to Joanna the next yeah, fight. She did lose it to Joanna. It was in uh, yeah, it was Houston, yeah. Texas. Yeah, I so I mean, it, it's she's going to continue to run into those type of fighters until she does something about her stand up. In terms of just making it more confident, having it, making it something that they fear. Like Whaley took a couple shots from her early. Because she was worried about the takedown, she dropped her level and then she came back over the top with some shots. And um, Willie's like, "Oh, you're, I forgot you can strike," because you know that that's not what they focused on. Yeah. They focused on stuff and takedowns, getting up from the bottom, you know, potentially trying to sweep and get back to the top position, and it showed. Yeah. Um, but overall, like you said, we kind of thought this was going to happen. Shit, the betting odds at my bookie had it too. They had uh, Carla, I think, plus two eighty. Yeah. Almost 300. I mean, champion. that's yeah, as the champion. So that lets you know the books, book, uh, bookmakers, bookmakers or whatever. Yeah. They, they know what they're doing. They and, have, and, they've got they feelers no, out there. They have no heart in it. They don't care about the feelings. No, no, no. <laughs> you can't not in that. So when they start no. saying that, Hey, so-and-so is this, there's a good chance that person's probably going to win. Now we know it's the fight game and anything can happen. But in this scenario, in this situation, they were, they were pretty right on. And I think when we talked in midweek show, we said somewhere around the second, I, I, I didn't think it was going to go to the third. I thought for sure that Whaley was going to, I thought it was going to happen on the feet though. I didn't think it was going to happen this way, but I thought she was going to be able to stuff her takedowns and then just start landing the shots. Yeah. So that's what I was looking <clears throat> at her to do. But that 
it was all kind of together. It's all it was all encompassed of she knew I don't have to worry about you taking me down because you're not getting into my legs fast enough. You're not you're not as strong or whatever it was. Her confidence grew after she stuffed a couple of takedowns and she started letting everything go and that became a problem for Carla. Um, all right, next fight. Let's go. This this to me pretty much was like fight of the night. Uh there was a good fight on the undercard, you know, on the on the prelims that we'll talk about here in a little bit, but John I sent a text. I sent a text to you guys. I don't know if you guys got it because we were in green in the fight. I said, no matter how much people's, and no matter how much I say Chandler doesn't fight smart, if you guys go back and watch any of his fights, this was probably one of the smartest fights he's ever fought. And he still fought stupid. Like he just, <laughs> yeah, there you, go. you know what I mean? Like, but he, John, how often does he utilize his wrestling? Hardly ever, but he utilized it this time. And it, this is really what made a difference in that second round. In the first round, he was in, you know, he, he did well, but in the second round, he utilizes wrestling and going into the third, it was one, one. Who, who or did, so you, you had Dustin winning that first round? Cause Chandler uh, was winning that first round. Yeah, he was, he was, but then I don't know, but then you just, you told me earlier, right? That I, dude, I had, I, I had Dustin that, that, Poirier winning it. Okay. Based okay. upon, man, he almost had him out. Well, because you said Izzy rocked uh, Alex, and then that one in the whole round, just from yeah. one-two punch combinations. Well, and, I'm like, and, okay. But the difference, okay, difference is, this one, Chandler had rocked Poirier. Dustin was in, you know, he was he was hurt. You know, there there was damage on the other side, and so it it was a question of which way mm -hmm. did you go based upon, you know, Chandler had definitely done good work. He had damaged Poirier. He had he had Poirier in trouble. Not quite the same amount of trouble that I think Poirier had Chandler in right at the end, because it, in my opinion, if that fight, the if the if the round did not end, Chandler was done. Poirier was going to put him out. Oh, you mean in that, that third round? And no, first round. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. First round, end of the first round. Chandler was not going to survive that. If there was five more, ten more seconds, Chandler was going to be done. That's where you look. Uh, that that bell saved you, okay. I thought Chandler fought a great round for the most part, as far as you know. He did a lot of damage. He just doesn't do it with intelligence at times. He's throwing so hard. You know the guy yeah. is in incredible condition. Just look at him, okay. He is in shape, but Josh, nobody can throw everything they have into every shot yeah. and expect to not exhaust themselves yeah you can't do it you know and you're th and you're winging shots you are throwing things giant looping heavy shots left and right round coming around straight shots chandler has a good jab at times you know he hardly ever goes to it he's got a really nice straight shot to the body that he throws with his right hand he hardly ever goes to it He's winging shots so hard. I, I love when he came out and he threw the kicks. You know, he landed he landed the one kick, comes right back with another one, comes back with another. You look at all right, that's okay. Because you're making him realize, hey, I'll sit here and kick you all day long. That's okay. And if he's not responding with it and he's not trying to counter it, keep on doing it. It's just that he doesn't. Yes, he came out in the second round, you know, and he he got the fight to the ground and he kept it in the position why didn't he do that in the first round when he took him down it's like any he, he try everything is a giant explosion mm -hmm. it's an explosion of movement 
And this is what got him in trouble. I'm going to straight out. He had the takedown. And what did he try to do? He tries to jump to the back. Okay. Now I'm okay with it in the fact that, okay, that tells me you're trying to finish the fight. We'll say you're trying to get his back to finish the fight. Okay. You exploded in jumping to the back, which puts you out of position. Anytime you have giant movements, Mm -hmm. you have space. And when you have space in combat, you have the ability for someone to use that space against you. It's when you are tight and compressed and putting pressure on someone and there's no space, it's very difficult for someone to move you or to damage you. Mm-hmm. But when there's space, it's, it happens all the time. And when Michael Chandler is putting himself into those positions by these giant explosive you know, movements. In the second round, he didn't do those things. And look at what happens. He was able to control the position. He was able to do damage on the ground. He was able to win the round against Dustin Wynn. You know, he had been hurt at the end of that first round. Then he comes out in the second. He's got the takedown. And when he tries to jump to the back, there comes that giant explosion. There comes that big space. Dustin did exactly what he should have done. He went with the motion, turned, and he ends up in the top position. And that was it. And it yeah. was the first, you know, the one, the one thing that was, that's the first submission against Michael Chandler ever. So that was a great win yeah. by Dustin Poirier. Yeah. He had burned the candle at both ends, uh, long enough and he left himself out of position. He was so tired in that third round that the submission came and there was nothing he could do to stop it. Yeah. Nothing. And the fatigue had set in. He just didn't have anything left in him to defend. And a lot of that is from what happened in the first round. And then he's, he was able to get through the second round by utilizing his wrestling and being smart in the second round. John, you said, oh, he throws everything with bad intentions. You know, he's super explosive. All of those things is very true. But there's moments in that first round where he's jumping to throw punches. He's lunging uh-huh. forward so much that his feet are off the ground. Both feet yep. at the same time. Which makes it to where that power is what? It's gone. It's, yeah, it's gone. And not Diminished. here's the other thing. He's somebody who has power whether he lunges in or not. He could probably finish guys with jabs and just straight rights and all like if you look at his cleanliness of, of his knockout of uh Patriki, it was straight down the pipe. Oh, yeah. Boom. Just done. You know, and when, yeah, and and it was smooth. He set it up, he fainted, boom, threw it, threw it straight. It got there quickly. He doesn't need to load up. Same with his shot with Hooker. Yeah, same thing. He just kind of stepped, he he stepped his his way in, and then bam, he landed. You don't need, he doesn't need to load up. He's got power. I used to yell at Gray Maynard about the same thing. I'm like, dude, you don't need to load up. You don't need to swing for the fences. Yeah. Fucking probably one of the hardest guys I've ever been hit by ever. I hated sparring with him because I couldn't take (laughs) him down and he had fucking heavy hands. Michael Chandler is very similar to me in terms of Gray Maynard. And they both slow down as they go on because they They just wing their shots. They throw so hard. And if you miss, it takes more out of you when you miss. It's it's a very frustrating thing to see because as people know, I'm not really not a big fan of Chandler, but look he's a fantastic fighter he just doesn't fight smart he has so much talent so much ability he's got great wrestling he's got good submissions like up until last night had never been submitted uh he's got power in his hands he knows how to mix up the combinations when he's fighting smart i don't know 
John, I, I don't know. But here, all these things being said, this is a big reason why people like watching him fight, though, is because he doesn't fight smart. Yeah. And when you look at fights that, <clears throat> when you look at fights that generally end up being some of the best fights in the world, you know, or the greatest fights of all time, it's the fights that where the fighters just didn't fight smart. Both of them just let it, they threw caution to the wind, yeah. you know, and they, and they went out there, had a great fight, or they both made a ton of mistakes. Yuri and Glover, yep. ton of mistakes, ton of mistakes. But a great uh, fight. Yeah, but, but Eddie and Chandler won some mistakes, but just both of them just threw caution to the wind, man. They went out there right off the bat. They started slinging leather. Eddie and Chandler, too. Yeah, exactly. Eddie exactly. fought smarter, though. Yes. And so these are these are the type of fights. Um, these are the type of fighters and fights that, that fans fall in love with, and that's what gets him the notoriety and the recognition that he deserves. He's a fantastic fighter. I'll, I'll, never, I'll never say anything different. I just would like to see him fight smarter, utilize that wrestling, control the control his positioning. He trains with so many top guys at Killcliffe. So oh. many. Scrambling with Usman, training with Gilbert Burns on the ground, jiu-jitsu wise, stand up with all the other kickboxers that are out of that gym. You know, he's he's got he's got a plethora of guys to train with that can mimic any style that he needs. And he has all the ability to become a champ. And he just can't seem to dig, can't seem to find common sense between his ears when it comes to that that portion of the fight. Now, I, look, we can go on about this all day long when it comes to the Mike Tam, Mike Tyson. What? Everyone has a plan until they get hit. And he's very much like that Mike Tyson. He's like, yeah, I had this. I'm going to wrestle him. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then as soon as he gets hit, ah, fuck it. Let me just jump and lunge in and throw big shots. Yeah. So I, all those things being said, I, I, I but, love watching him fight because of who he is. But. You have to give it up for Dustin Poirier because Mike did have him in trouble. Yes. And and Dustin was able to collect himself at times, realize that, hey, you know what? I need to fight smart here. I need to do the right things so I can get past this guy because he is powerful. He is strong. He is fast. He is explosive. All of those things. This is not an easy goddamn person to be in here with, but... You know, and my, my son said it, you know, he says, well, who, you know, who do you have winning this? And I said, Dustin Poirier. He goes, yeah, he goes, he says, Dustin fights smart and Mike does it. He says, I don't see how Mike beats him. Yeah. And I go, yeah, that's exactly it. And it really came down to it in the end. Yeah. I thought Mike fought smart for one round. Well, and he won John, that round. John, the difference is, is that Dustin is, he's been in there. He's been there, done that when it can't, when it comes to those type of things. So is Chandler. Yeah, I was gonna say they both have. They they both have. But they both they do things differently. Yes. One understands what's at stake, and the other one seem like they just really want to be crowd pleaser. And if you want to be a crowd pleaser, he's gonna look back at not just this fight, but some other fights. He's gonna look back at his like, career at times. And he's gonna he's gonna realize it could have been different. Yeah. It could have been different had he done this, tweaked it here, tweaked it there. It could have been different. So it's uh, I mean, we're, here's the thing, Dave. Can you pull up the rankings? Where does he go from here? Uh, to me, he's gonna end up. He's he's got to go somewhere around nine or ten. He's got to oh, drop down. You think you know, that when far? you take a look? Okay, take a look. You know, Fazeev is gonna go up. I'm not sure that uh, you know, even Gamro is gonna pass him, even though he comes coming off of a loss because his loss was you know a decision. Sarukian, I think, passes him. 
Really? I do. Oof. I think, I think that, I think they're they're not going to do him any favors. I think they're going to match him up with either with uh, Gamrot, or they're going to match them match him up with Sarukian next. I think they're going to they're going to match him up with one of those two guys. Both good wrestlers, both good decent on the feet, you know. And they're going to see exactly which one of those guys or, can stand. Or they could go with what he has uh, been clamoring for, coming off of a loss. He's got. It's never gonna happen, dude. His guy out there that he keeps on wanting to fight with Connor at 170. I don't think it is either. But it's never it's gonna possible. happen. Possible. That fight's not happening. Possible. <laughs> just. Oh man. Just go ahead and say it. It's possible. I can't imagine it being. I can't. If, okay, I can't. let's be honest. If you're if you're Connor McGregor, is that not a fight you want? Coming back. No. Are you fucking crazy? No. Oh, dude, you're crazy. I think, no, I, I get what you're saying. I, I understand why. I get, I get what you're saying, but Michael Chandler could take him down and dominate that top position. No, let's let's be honest. No. But you're just saying that because he doesn't fight smart. Okay. Not <laughs> only does why. he not fight smart, take a look at some of the takedowns that he was trying in that fight against Dustin. Mm-hmm. No. Connor is not as bad as people no, put he's out not. there. As far as his grappling, his grappling is not bad at all. It's actually damn good. And you take a look at what Michael Chandler is bringing in the wrestling. He's not an all-American wrestler. He's not close to it anymore. Mm. Now, he can get some takedowns, but he's into the body already when he gets those takedowns. He's physically strong. He's got his arms around the body. He drops levels. He gets his arms under the ass, and he he elevates people because he's super strong. Mm. Great job. But... He's not going to be in those positions with Connor. Yeah. I just don't see it. Interesting. I don't think that fight's going to happen, so I don't want to waste too much time talking about it. Go ahead and say it. Possible. <laughs> it's not possible. Oh, it's not possible. It is I mean, possible. I don't I don't see him dropping down too far. I know he's he lost. I mean, but if he lost to Dustin. I mean, let's I didn't get I didn't give Dustin enough I didn't give him enough love just on this in this in this in this show. No, he's, and Dustin he's, fought he, great. He fought great. He took some shots. At he came times, back and yeah, he at took times, some shots did at not times. fight smart. No, but look, when you have someone in front of you who's lunging in, like That's you're true. at the level at which they're fighting, it's very rare you find somebody that fights that reckless. Yeah. And so having to learn how to adjust inside the cage during that moment of hell, shit, I just got hit, and this guy's fighting wild. Normally at top level, top level fighters, they will just track after you, land the clean shot, and try to put you away. Not Michael Chandler. He will chase after you, lunging in, make leaving himself out of position. But it's also very dangerous to have to deal with someone like that, especially when you're in trouble because the shots come from different angles. They're winging from up high, from down low, all of those things. Dustin fought very composed. He fought relaxed. He also, I think he, it seemed like he also understood that let him keep going this way. I've seen enough of his fights in the past to know that he is someone that does slow down. He doesn't yeah. take, he well, doesn't take. We had talked about, you know, the five rounds, mm-hmm. you know, and so we said, you know, look, if this is a five round fight, there's no doubt who's going to win this fight. You know, at three rounds, Chandler's got a shot. Yeah. 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 And that's exactly kind of what happened. Yeah. It's crazy though, to think that that he got submitted 
That that was the one thing that if I was to put on the table to say that I didn't think he was gonna, I didn't that think was gonna happen. Gonna I, didn't, I didn't think he was thought gonna he, get submitted. I, I thought he could knock him out. Yeah. Yep. I thought so too. Yeah. All right. Next fight. Uh, you're gonna break my heart. Nah. You're gonna break my heart. You know, I, no. I put some, I put something out on Twitter before the fight ever you know happened, in that you know, hey, you know, if this is Frankie's last fight, you know. You know, let's just appreciate what kind of fighter he's been, what kind of person he is, his honesty, his integrity, what he's meant to the sport. And it, it dude, I actually had tears in my eyes when he got knocked out. I mean, it, it broke my heart because I, yep. I, I, I just wanted him, and I didn't care if he won. I cared that he was able to go out and compete mm-hmm. and be effective. Just go out and be able to, you know, say, hey, man, I gave it everything. I, it was okay. I, I thought yeah. that, you know, Chris was a tough fight for him. I thought Chris's, um, his stand-up is super clean, and, he, and he's very accurate with his shots. Mm-hmm. He doesn't he doesn't expend a lot of energy. But I thought if Frankie could get to, into the wrestling, that could give Chris Gutierrez a problem. And he just wasn't able to do it. And it was really, you know, he was trying to, you could see he's trying to come in, and that's when he got caught by the knee. Yeah. And, uh you know, all I can say is this great win for Chris. You did exactly what you were supposed to do. You were a classy dude throughout that entire thing. Um, really appreciate a guy that has, you know, some integrity as far as knowing exactly, you know, who he fought and what that fight means to a lot of people and to that guy and his family was out there. So great win for Chris. Congratulations for Frankie. I just want to say, man, dude, you're, you're, you will always be one of my heroes. You're a stud. I love the way you, you always approach the fight. I love the way that you, you know, you just conducted yourself throughout yeah. your career. You were always a classy, freaking honorable guy that went out, gave everything you had, and, you know, most of the time came out on top. Sometimes mm-hmm. you didn't, and that's just part of the sport. But uh, whatever you do, brother. God bless you, man. I, I, I know you're, you're whatever it's going to be, you're going to be a winner at it because that's who yeah. you are. I mean, look, I, I texted him. I didn't him. talk about the fight, I know. Yeah, no, it's, I text him beforehand and text back and just, you know, and I haven't, I'll talk to him probably in a day or two, just give him a chance to take it all in. Realistically, it's like, I look at him I'm not like I'm not gonna really even talk about the fight either. I, I just look at his career, and I could say that there was never a reason for him to to go down to 45. That him going down to 45 was he was being pushed by the UFC. Yeah, and I actually had him beating Benson the second fight. I had him losing the first; it was close, but I had him beating Benson the second fight. So he should have been champ again, stayed at 55. All of what he does. It was relied on speed, his footwork, his wrestling, the way he changed angles on his takedowns, all of that. I think he would have continued to be champion for you know a couple more fights there at the at, in the lightweight division. But who can say? Can you think of somebody off the top of your head, John, who's been in three different weight classes and fought in the top five, been ranked in the top five in three different weight classes? Can you give me another name? Man, that's a, that's a hell of a question right there. One, one I mean, this guy, a little bit. this guy has outpunted the coverage every step of his life. Yeah. He is a guy that at 55, 
I trained with him and I knew how good he was, but I also trained with BJ Penn. And I was like, man, BJ's going to smoke him. Like, he's going to be able to get him down. And and he fucking proved me wrong. And then not only did he prove me wrong, he proved me wrong again. And twice. Again. And again. And just kept doing it. I'm like, okay. And then I and then I also had, had some training, you know, a little bit with Gray before he had fought Gray. And I was like, Gray, maybe he's going to outmuscle him, potentially going to catch him on the feet. And sure enough, he caught him on the feet, but Boy, then Frankie did. dug deep. And was able to come back and get a draw. Then they fought again. And then Frankie came back and beat him and, and put him away. The This is a guy that he could have started his career at 135. He no, was not he a big. No, yeah, he could have. No, he could have. John, he, no, he was walking. Because, because there was no 135s around. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you asshole. Uh, Fucking. No, you're right. Size wise, you're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, because I was like, I remember when he came and trained with us at AK. He was 153. Yeah. He could have made 135. He that, for sure could have made 45. That was the whole thing. Going in. Yeah. I, look, I can I can remember. God, Frankie fighting, and, and after the fight, his manager coming up and saying, "Hey, is there anything you think?" And I said, "Yeah, he he needs to go down and wait." That he goes, "There's nowhere for him to go." I go, "I know, but he's too small." Yeah. I go, "You got to." I don't know if it's hey, you got to try to pack some muscle on him or something. I said, but he's so small. I go that I just it's going to be tough as he gets into the top. And he was already fighting. You know, he's fighting guys like Tyson Griffin. Yeah, I mean, it was that wasn't like he was fighting you know bad fighters. He was fighting studs. Yeah, and I just looked and I said, he's talented, man, and he's got speed on his side. So he's you know I'm, I wasn't worried about his speed, but yeah, he was so small. He did he I I think one time I knew he cut one pound away. <laughs> he said he goes yeah i had to go skip some rope to make sure that i made weight i was like oh my god well but it was an advantage to him too it really was see, i i had never i had never met frankie and then i had watched his tyson fury uh tyson fury <laughs> tyson, uh, griffin. tyson griffin fight and i became a you fan. imagine frankie against tyson fury <laughs> <laughs> it's like josh versus big john Oof. oh geez so it just I fair. watched that fight and I was like, who in the hell is this guy? This kid never stops. Never stops. Just a go. Just a goer. Yeah. This kid does not stop. Scrambles, wrestling, transitions, submissions. It was it was nasty. I was like, wow, this kid's good. And then literally like a month or two later, he's at AKA training. And so I was like, this is this is awesome. This so, is and good. then, you know, I mean, then, you know, then I've basically invited him. So then he kind of moved in with me, him and uh, Chris Ligori. They moved into my house and we became friends ever since, man. And they were great people, great guys and very respectful and never looked back, man. These guys have been there. They've been friends for the longest time. Chris still yeah. working his corner. Chris still being part of it, uh, you know, there and um, just great people. And but I, I look, John, like I said, I don't look so much at towards the end because look muhammad ali towards the end of his career what he lost like seven in a row yeah he was losing fights. yeah he's losing a lot and frankie's lost you know quite a few in this last you know four or five fights uh, chuck liddell same thing brandy couture kind of in that mix there but unfortunately, like unfortunately it is the it is the way of the fighter it's it, when you yeah. have someone that's, first off you have someone that's a good fighter throughout their career the promotion keeps on saying yeah well we'll give you another fight yeah, and but we're gonna give you some. They can't, and it's like they can't give them someone. You know, a lot of people thought. I I heard people talking, and I was like, you you don't know who Chris Gutierrez is. Yeah, because 
a lot of people were saying, oh, they're handing Frankie a win. And I was like, dude, no. I'm telling you right now, Chris Gutierrez should be the favorite in this. Yeah. I said, this guy's a stud. I said, and it's, it's the old thing of, look, Frankie makes a lot of money. And they're not going to just give him a win. Yeah. They're not. They're not going to. They're going to say, "Hey, you make a lot of money. You're going to have to fight someone real because either you're going to get a win, or we're going to get someone that gets a, a win over you, and we can use that." Yeah, you know. And that's just. It is yep. just the nature of the beast. I hate it. It's one of the things that I hate about you know the, the sport of you know fighting, but it's just the truth. It's reality. It's what it is. You know, you either get yourself out early and say, you know what, I'm, I might be leaving a little bit on the table. Okay, mm-hmm. no problem. Or you're going to push it to the end. And if you were that guy that, you know, was was somebody, they're going to use you. Yeah, They're going to try to get somebody else's name rising based upon beating you. I mean, I look at the Frankie Yeager that fought Yair Rodriguez. Yep. That one beats Chris. That one beats Chris, and I don't. I, I think he makes. I think he makes it look easy. Now, the one that's fighting at forty-one years old, Speed's the speed's gone. not there. And the other thing I want to lay out too is that we've talked about this a lot. Is once a fighter has been beaten a certain way, other fighters start to carry on. They start to catch on, and they start trying to do something similar. Well, Corey Sanhagen laid the groundwork a little bit, and a little bit with Brian Ortega too with the uppercut. Yeah. He yeah. realized that. All I got to do is get up underneath your chin because he kind of dips down a little bit as he steps in to throw his shot. He doesn't really, he does move his head offline when he's being punched at, but when he strikes, it comes right down the middle. His head goes right up the middle. Guys just throw the knee right up the top and they're taller, so it gets there quicker, you know? And if you see it as he steps in, they throw it, you don't see it. It comes up underneath your chin. Yeah. And so he's been caught twice with that. Well, and it's. Do me a, Dave, do me a favor, pull up Frankie's record. And and just go from go from the Brian Ortega fight because that's really the only one that matters. Brian Ortega, there that was the first time that I saw Frankie Edgar get knocked out. Yeah. Okay, and if you look past that, he got he you know he got beat by Max and he took the fight pretty. Um, he had the fight with uh, Sung John where he he was not the scheduled fighter. Was no, he, he wasn't. I think there. he took, yeah, he came in like two weeks notice or something yeah, like that. He came in there. And so that one right there, you know, he got knocked out, mm-hmm. you know, and then the Sanhagen knocked out and then Marlon Vera knocked out. Now Chris, yeah. not, this is what happens. You know, it's your brain can only, your, your body set up a certain way. And when your brain starts to get disconnected, mm-hmm the those neural pathways sometimes come together in a different fashion and you just can't take the shots no. that you once were able to take and, and it just from that brian ortega fight you saw a guy that got stunned differently than he did ever before that fight he could take some big shots and you know we saw him you know like you said with gray where he got hurt no doubt about it but he was able to work his way through those things here it wasn't. He was getting stunned and, and he was getting what we call frozen. Mm-hmm. And when, when you're when you're frozen in a fight, it's a bad thing because yeah. you know it's like being you know a guy that's standing still on a football field. Look out because bad things are coming your way. Yeah, you know, and that's that's what we saw you know from that point. But look at like I said, I, I definitely it broke my heart, but I kind of expected it. But man. Just thank you, Frankie. 
That's all I can say. Thank you. Yeah, there's so much to be thankful for. I mean, yeah. he gave us some of the most memorable fights oh. in U in UFC history. I mean, the Gray Maynard fights were fucking fantastic. The BJ Penn fights were fantastic based off the fact that no one, I mean, even including me, I was like, man, I've trained with both these guys, and Frankie's good, but BJ just on the ground. He's going to be able to stuff his takedowns. He's going to be able to get to his back and control the jiu-jitsu. Dude, the Chad Bendis fight. That oh, fight yeah. right there. I was like... Yep. I couldn't believe that he knocked Chad Mendes out. I mean, he, look, Chad Mendes, I watched, he was out. You know, he yeah. bounced and he came back, but he was out. You know, yeah. it's just, he had some fights that you look and you go, God damn. You know, just no, he was just, he's always been a stud in this. But like I said, he is a guy who exceeded expectations at 55. Mm -hmm. And had there been a weight class, John, as John pointed out at 135, he probably could have been fighting at 135. Then he went to 45, and then he fought for the title there, and he came up short. But, you know, look who he was fighting. Jose Aldo. Yep. It's like, okay, there's that one guy that has your kryptonite. But he could have been a two-division champion. Yeah. And then he goes down to 35. That lets you know his size throughout his career, fighting guys that are fucking stone-cold killers well, like BJ Penn. And this is the last thing, if you're going to look at it. I'm, I'm looking at him last night. And he's in there, and Chris Gutierrez is way bigger than him. Oh, yeah. Right? And I'm like, Jesus Christ, can he be as the same size or bigger than anybody? Nope. No. Yeah. Just not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, like, these fighters, they make, a, they make a career off of the fact that they know that I'm usually the smaller guy. You know? Uh, Frankie's like, yeah, I'm usually the smaller guy. So you got to beat him with what? With speed and technique. And as you get older at 41, the speed's not there. You start not quite the same. Game. He's still yes, fast. He is, yeah. But he's not fast for that division. No. Nope. You know, and that's just the difference. Yeah, I mean, he blessed us with some big-time fights. He will always be one of my all-time, not just favorite fighters, but favorite people. You know, he's one of my – one of my. he's a really close friend. Just a really good person down to earth. Family's yes, amazing. His wife is fantastic, super nice. I mean, just everybody. So the kids, all of them, um, you know, I'm going to miss him in the fight game. But let's be honest, man. He is one of the biggest reasons that Ali. How do you say his last name? Al-Badaziz. I don't I butcher it. I know you know how. Abdelaziz. Yeah, I just I can't I can't put it together. <laughs> I've tried. But Ali. <laughs> um, But with Ali, though, and. Of him being such a success in his management. Yeah, and I would really, really would think that Frankie would end up doing something with him. I mean, just the East, just looking for East Coast talent. East Coast. There's plenty of it there, especially out of that PA area, that, you know, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area. And then you got Jersey, you know, got Rutgers University wrestling there. You've well, got, you got if, if you think about it, you know, you have Frankie on the East Coast there because Ali's living in Vegas, mm -hmm. right? So yep. you have both, you know, close to both coasts being covered, everything in between. And Frankie's got a great relationship with Henzo. Got a rate, you know, and he used to train at Phil Nurses. Who does he not all, have a good relationship with? I don't know. That's the I don't thing. know. It's so funny because um, they came out here. Uh, Frankie came out here back when uh, one of the UFC gyms was opening. And um, BJ came out too. And just to see those two just inter interact and they fought each other twice, three times. And just watching them interact, it's just hilarious. It's like, such respect for both each other and for both you guys and they just they they were bantering back and forth giving each other a hard time but having fun with it <laughs> just fantastic man fantastic guys so 
Uh, he's going to be missed, but, uh, you know, we'll, I'll see him. I'll see him in Jersey. He lives like right down the street from my mom. My mom lives in Jersey in Tom's River. So go out when I visit my mom once every five years. There you go. <laughs> S- small doses. Small doses. All right. <laughs> we talked about Dan Hooker against Claudio Puelas. And uh, at the start, let's talk about this fight and what you saw. I saw a kid that is a fantastic fighter. But was not ready for the for for the A list celebrities, for those A list fighters. And and look, people are gonna say like, oh well, Dan Hooker's not an A. Shut up, Dan Hooker. His losses have been losses to guys that are really really good. All studs. All studs. I mean, it. Yeah, they're all studs. Now, however you say his name, Puelas. 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 Yeah, he he's just not ready. He's not ready. I I don't understand. He's got decent stand up. I just didn't understand why he didn't like get could, into a mix-up. He could not deal with the length of Dan Hooker. Dan was toying with him with that front teep kick. Yeah, He was just taking and jabbing his toes into that midsection and just doing it at will with, with no repercussion. The only thing he was looking for was the takedown. Yeah. You, know, you saw Claudio go into the Imanari role. It worked the first time. He was able yeah. to put Dan into trouble with it. Dan worked his way out, you know, actually smartly. Got himself just back to his feet, backed out all mm-hmm. the way, which is what, what he should have done. And from that point, you know, there was never a real time that he was in trouble with anything that yeah. you know, Pulas was doing. And he just looked and you, you saw the breakdown of someone that looked at an opponent that they thought they could do something with. And when it wasn't working, they had no answer for what was happening in the cage. Well, if he's listening to this show, which I don't know if he is, let me give you a little bit of a quick answer. Go for it. Just yeah. butt scooting and trying to get after. No, you got to go for it. You've got to do anything you can to close that distance. Throw three and four strikes. Yeah. Is it possible you're going to get knocked out? Yes. Yeah, but but this is what we call it, gate, man. Go out on your sword. You cannot have people see you doing the butt scoot. If I'm a promoter, I'm or like the flop. Yeah. If I'm a promoter, I'm like, oh, this kid's not cut out for this. Yeah. He's not cut out for this. He doesn't. He doesn't understand the level he's going to have to jump to get past guys like Dan Hooker, and then yeah. the the level above Dan Hooker is a whole other level. And nothing oh, yeah. against Dan. Dan's a fantastic fighter. Yeah. We just we've seen his weaknesses in terms of the grappling. We've seen his weaknesses, you know, in terms of the takedown defense. He's got good wrestling, anti wrestling, like Izzy does. But on the ground, he's got some room to make up. But this fight. It didn't even, there was never a moment there. Dan got himself out of a deep hill hook, got himself out of a, a deep a knee, knee bar, bar attempt. He he got himself out of a lot of good things. And once Puelas couldn't finish those, you could see that he had just shut down. I'm like, he was so afraid to shoot. He was so afraid to strike, thinking he was going to get knocked out. You've got to throw big, you got to turn into Michael Chandler at that moment. Yeah. That's what you got to turn into. Lunging in with well, big shots, jump into the body lock, try to drop down on a single from there, try to drop down on a leg lock from there in close and try and get deeper. Never had an opportunity. Never created the opportunity, I should say. Yeah. Yeah, just if I'm a promoter, though, John, if you're Dana White or you're, you know, Mick Maynard or, you know, or Sean and all this, what, what are you saying? What are you doing? Are you sending them back to to LFA or wherever, you know, or whatever? Or are you saying, hey, you need to make these improvements. Like, we can't have a fighter at your level 
fighting on like fighting on the main well, card especially when they we put you on the main card for a reason yeah you know yeah, that's that's bad. really what it is and look you again this is you work people don't understand you work your way up through all of these steps and all of these levels and those levels start out when you first start fighting and, and then you move from that grassroots to the regional shows and then and you're the first fight on the regional show and then the next one you're you know your mid card then you make the main card of it then you make the main event and you move on now to the next thing where dana white asks you do you want to come on the contender series mm -hmm. and then you fight there well then when you get to the ufc you're the first fight on the prelims man you're you're the fight pass fights okay yes you're in the ufc but you know trust me you haven't really made it here and so then you win and so then they take you off of that and they put you into just the regular prelims and eventually you might make it to where you're that last prelim fight the showcased prelim fight before the main card starts great and then you finally make that main card that means you have worked your way up to that level most of the time that's a lot mm. there's a lot that goes into it and then to go on to that main card level and to do what was done in this fight because and it wasn't look at this is where you have someone they don't know what to do and, and you can't have that in the fight game when you see, when you don't know what to do, then it's time to say, okay, I got to bite down on my mouthpiece and make something happen. Mm -hmm. And it's not, I'm not saying that's, you know, smart fighting, but it is when you, as far as you don't have any other choice. Yeah. And in this, he didn't have any other choice. He wasn't getting Hooker into any problems. He was just eating shots. Well, you've got to take a chance. You got to go after it. And he was trying that with the Imanari rolls, but then, you know what what an imminari roll is going to work when you catch someone by surprise with it once yeah. they're waiting for it it's completely different they're going to step right out and so it's a whole different game and so you've got to make something happen with it and he, he wasn't able to do that i mean keith peterson probably the best stop of the night hands down or, <laughs> <laughs> i mean it was like one of those he got pushed kicked to the stomach goes down could have kept fighting yeah keith could have let it go could have sure. had to take more, a couple more shots, but he realized he saw the riding on the door. When no, you're butt scooting in a mentally, he's done. When you are butt he's scooting on national tele on on pay per view or whatever it is, right? You're butt scooting. That's not a good thing. The rest yeah. thinking to himself, you are in way over your head. Yeah. You're in way over your head. I've seen too many fights. You, ref's seen too many fights. John, you've seen too many fights. We've all seen when guys start doing that, they're mentally yeah. broken. They have no other way. They can't comprehend how to get this fight where they needed to get. To. Well, and the whole, and the whole the whole fight that the the rules are set up for we can't have this happen. No. Okay, because you know, the, do you remember the first time this happened? The mm -mm. the fight that set the rule. There was a mm -mm. show called Mars. It was martial arts reality super fights. Oh, right. And they had a fight between Tom Big Cat Erickson. You remember Tom Erickson? I do Olympic, know Tom Erickson. 286-pound Olympic freestyle Co wrestler. I think he was the coach at Purdue, I think. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great guy. And uh, he's fighting Marillo Bustamanch. Mm -hmm. And so he's got to fight Marillo Bustamanch. Well, all of a sudden it turns into where Marillo can't stay on the feet with him because Tom's just too big, too strong, and hits too hard, even though he's not a, a stand-up guy. So he's trying to dive. He can't take Tom down. Tom ends up on the ground with him and realizes, holy shit, I don't know what to do with this guy. He's he's all over me like a gnat. I got it. I got it. 
So Tom doesn't want to take him down. So now Murillo is on his butt, scooting towards Tom, and Tom is moving away from him, and it, was, it looked horrible. We said, hey, all right, we got to do something about this, and that's where the rule of the standing fighter is the fighter in control of the fight. If the standing fighter wants that person up off the ground, they step away from them. That means the referee's got to come in and make that fighter on the ground get up. You had to call it some way. That's the way it came out. And so that's why the standing fighter is the one in control. And that's why you can't have a guy like uh, doing what Puelos was doing in the fight. So you're the reason why Puelos lost last night. Got it. Okay, move yes. on. Okay. Yes, thank you very much. <laughs> so you've got Moicano versus Brad Riddell. I, I honestly didn't think that Moicano was going to look that good on the feet that early. Wow. That jab wow. was snapping his head back. Wow. The speed was evident. The Moicano looked, yeah, he looked fantastic. He had Brad Riddell totally confused as far as that range and that engagement, you know, knowing where you are as far as length and where I where I'm safe and where I'm not. Brad Riddell had no idea where he could be. He was lost in that space and and Moicano was just lighting him up. Yeah. I mean, you had Brad Riddell just jumping in, throwing big overhand rides, big overhand lefts. And he's a good stand-up fighter. Yeah, he just couldn't find the range. He couldn't find the distance. And that jab was snapping his head back, and he was thinking to himself, fuck, what am I going to do to get in? He was, even the leg kicks were being checked, or he was just stepping outside of the range where the leg kicks weren't landing. Yep. He had no answer. He had no answer whatsoever. And then once the fight hit the ground, I mean, we all knew that Moicano was the better grappler, but I didn't yeah. think he was going to hit the ground that easy. So overall, though, great performance by Moicano. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Span. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. You got to give it to him. And a great post-fight interview. <laughs> he just took over. He, he didn't give Joe Rogan a chance to ask anything. He was just on fire. <laughs> well, talk I me through it. it. I didn't hear it. I was in a Oh, noisy my place. God. It was fantastic because, you know, Joe goes in there and Joe, you know, man, you look so sharp. You know, hold on a second. Grabs the mic. New York, right? And he starts going off with that. And then he goes, you know, Joe Rogan, right? And he just starts going, you know, I was made for this. I'm not going to, you know, I'm one of the best. I'm tired of this. I took a fight, a five-round fight on four days notice. Yeah, I lost that. But this is the real. Yeah, and he just starts uh, going off. And every time that Joe asks him a question, he doesn't answer the question. He just goes on with what he wants. It was fantastic. So Got to love those guys. Oh, yeah. You gotta enjoy that moment, man. You don't know when hey, when, that is when your it'll be moment. your last. You don't know when that'll that that'll be your is, last one. That is your moment. So. Use it, Ryan Span. Holy, he, uh, holy shit. shit! But the best part about that whole thing was what he said at the end. What did he say? I finally trained for a fight. Oh Jesus! <laughs> I love that. He goes, "I've never trained for a fight." Jeez. He goes, "Never." It's like, well, hopefully you learned something because God damn, he looked good. He's got power. Yeah, I, for Dominic Reyes, this, this is a big loss. Yeah, this. That, the, I was willing to give him a slide and pass because the fight guys he lost to after John Jones, all tough. Just, I mean, Yuri, he lost to Yuri, and who else he lose to? So John, Yuri, and... Uh, who was the other one? <laughs> no, Yon, oh, Jan Blahovich. Jan, you lost to John, then Jan, then Yuri. Yeah, now this. So this was this was a bad one. Like in the in the Yuri fight, he was he was competitive. They, he there was a great fight. 
in the Yuri fight. And then the Yarn yeah, fight. is a good fight for Yuri, yeah. but Dom was more of the, the, no, but the receiving end. But it Dom was had beautiful. him in trouble in that fight. Eh, okay. Dom, Dom had him in trouble in that fight. You're being Yuri gracious. in some trouble. Oh, you're being gracious, God. dude. Let's be honest. Yuri was putting some shots on him. Um, it was a good fight. It was. Um, but in this in this case, Ryan Spann looked fantastic. The power was there. The speed was there. His accuracy was on point. He yep. looked fantastic. It was a, it was a really dominant performance. He, dude, now dude, physically, you know, I was mm-hmm. waiting for you, my man of physicality, to talk me. about this. I don't know if me. you remember. In fact, do me a favor. Just try pull up a picture of Ryan Spann there off of a. The thing, let's see what he looks like because he looked fantastic. He, you could tell he trained. Yeah. He was in shape. He looked okay. That's him. Were you on from last night? Yeah, no. Yes. It, he looked. He looks good there. I, I'm surprised because I've the seen way-ins. more. He does. He he doesn't look. You know, like he, he's trained. It looks like yeah. he's a little soft and stuff. He's big and everything, mm-hmm. but man, he looked like he was in shape. He looked great. I was I was super impressed. Yeah, I mean, like, let's not get ahead of ourselves, man. Like, no one was ever built like better than me. I've fucking shredded and ripped all the time. Like this guy, he looks fantastic as right here in this. John, John's like, dude, what is dude, going it's, on dude, right it's now? A, it's a good thing you don't take off your shirt because you'd look like melted butter. Oh, right it's so bad, John. It's so bad right now. Oh man, just move your chest. Well, I went and did that. I went and did that. Uh, what's it called? The half marathon, and it was. And I was running and running. As soon as that thing was done, I was like, fuck this. I'm not running no more. <laughs> <laughs> this is too much work. Oh, man. Oh, it's ridiculous. Um, He just looked good. Power, accuracy, all those things, the speed. Um, I'm, I'm more thinking like Dom saying he's coming back. I'm just Dom 2.0. I mean, it just... The power was evident. I mean, are we are we writing him off already? Are we are we thinking that he just needs to get a win, and then once he gets a win, the confidence will start coming back, and he'll get back on track? I don't think so. Uh, no, I'm being honest. <clears throat> off of, off of that, again, we we talked about it with Frankie, and we talked about from that Brian Ortega fight. Take a look at what happens when you're getting knocked out. Yeah. Well, that's the third knockout in a row. And I, Josh, I've said it too many times. I, I tell fighters, hey. You get knocked out three times. It's time for you to start really taking a look at what you're going to do with your career. This is a, you know, yeah, it's just, man, it changes you and you got to be careful with it. And and that was, yeah, I guess you could say it was, a, he was rolling it over into a hook, but it was almost a jab. Yeah. You know, the way he threw it and man, it, it put him out it folded him back yeah yeah so he just he's not able to take the shots again the same way and so it's tough you know i know this again this it's a cruel sport yeah you know there's there's no uh oh it's it's gonna be okay that's that's just not there this is reality and man it's you're gonna have to figure out either you have to change the style that you fight with to protect yourself more or you got to figure out a way to not be hit because yeah. that's I'm just saying I'm going to say right that's impossible yeah you fight you're going to get hit uh, Matt Frivola looked really good looked clean 
Whoa, 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 whoa. I know you don't want to talk oh, about sorry, it. Oh, sorry, sorry. You got to oh, go oh, back. Oh, sorry, there. sorry. I didn't. I Aaron Blanchfield looks mm-hmm. so goddamn good, man. She took <sighs> a good fighter in Molly McCann and just dominated her. Yeah. You know, and you got to give it up. Wait, wait, hold on. We said, you know, look, we both love Molly. She's she's an awesome person and stuff. But this was going to be an incredibly hard fight for her. Yeah. Aaron Blanchfield's grappling is damn good. Very controlling, very good on the ground. You know, you saw what she did with, you know, when when you saw what she did with Miranda Maverick and how yeah. she dominated her, and then you see, you know, look at Miranda's last fight. Miranda's good on the ground. She is good. And she was just manhandled by Blanchfield. You look and you go, hey, this young woman is a stud when that fight hits the ground. So yeah. she's going to give people problems. She'll give anyone problems. If, if she can get the fight to the ground, there's no one that's going to make it an easy day. Now, you have someone like uh, if Mackenzie Dern was up at that weight, maybe mm-hmm. it would, you know, that's maybe not the yeah. person she wants to be down there with, but, you know, Mackenzie's in a different weight class and stuff. And looking at Valentina, you know, Valentina on the feet is much better than Aaron, no doubt about it. On the ground, Aaron yeah. Blanchfield can go with her, no doubt. Uh, Petrosky versus Terman. Good fight. Good fight. Good fight. I man, I, I really was looking at Petrosky to come out hot, heavy, but he he gasses, yeah, and he really slows down. He didn't. I you know I give him credit, man. Yeah, he had that moment where it looked like he was getting tired, yeah. but he sucked it up, brought it back, and you know I thought he he fought a very good fight. You know the submission that he went after, man. You know when he went after it, he went after it with everything he had. Realized oh, I'm not going to get it. Switches up. Great job. I thought it was a really good fight for him. He carries all that muscle. Oh. It's just I mean I like, it, like I like his call out of Bo Nickel already too. Yeah. <laughs> Try to get him while he's hot, man. Try Smart. to you gotta get get him while he's young, while he's hot. Yep. I mean that's you gotta think like guys that, that's a good call out. The pedigree is there in the wrestling department for both of them to go ahead and get after it. Yep. Um good fight, man. I mean I thought he I thought he fought a good fight last night. I had the first round, I think, going to Terman, though. And, but didn't, because two judges had it 30 27. And I was like, ah, yeah, I don't no, know. You could have given it to Terman. It was a close round. Yeah, it was a close round. You definitely could have given it to Terman. There was reasons why you could look and say, oh, I, I can lean towards Terman. But yeah. I thought from that point, you know, Petrosky definitely took over. Great fight. Great, great I, performance by him. And then Matt Frivola versus um, Otman Azatar. 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 Yeah. Azatar was undefeated, correct? Yes. That was his first loss last night. Yes, it was. He looked he made a lot uncom- of mistakes. He yes. looked uncomfortable. Yes, he did. And I don't know why. Like John, he's a good fighter. He's a really good fighter. He just didn't look like I don't know if the speed or the, the herky jerkiness, you know, um was throwing him off. I don't know what it was, but for some reason he just couldn't seem to find the range and the timing and he just looked and off. He did. I I agree with you. It just he put himself in positions at times where you go, you're square. Get away from yeah. doing that, especially out in the middle at times. He was like unsure of how he was going to try to attack Matt Frivola. And you got to give it up to Matt Frivola. He's the one that created that you know uncertainty. He's the one that created that you know doubt. Mm-hmm. And he went out, man. He he lit him up. So big win for Matt Frivola. 
John, is there any other fights on the prelims here you want to talk about? I yes, know you want to talk because, about Trezano. Yeah, dude, come on. We talked about that. I said that was going to be a great fight. And you look and you go, man, they went after each other. First off, double knockdown. Then they both put each other down off of that. They were fighting. They were going after it. It was fun. That was two rounds of, well, no, I'm sorry, one round. I mean, it was right at the end of it unbelievable back and forth i wanted it to go to a second round but i just love that fight i thought that was what if you are on the prelims mm -hmm. this is what you want to have because this is what those matchmakers are looking for you want them to see that you know what i don't give in i don't take a backward step yes i get knocked down and i come fighting back and both you know wu Choi and trezano great job by both guys and big win for Trezano, that was that was very impressive and congratulations yeah it was a, it was a it was a great fight it was a fun oh. fight to watch i mean you're here you are third fight in and you already know the fight of the night or performance of the night or whatever is yeah, going to yeah. somebody you're like damn it i just lost that's my chance to win 50 grand gone <laughs> uh but overall good fight both of them had to deal with some adversity and one came out on top that's that's the nature of the beast man this fight game is brutal it can be brutal at times all right well hey that's gonna wrap up our uh what what number is this 283 281 281 281 ufc 281 uh talk and dave are we gonna give us give us one story dave dave's all trying right. to wrap dave's trying to wrap us up you know he's <laughs> I'm I'm over here fighting for he the fans. That. I'm over here fighting he for the that. fans. I know he does. He's trying to like he's like, look, man, sending me texts, writing stuff on my wall here on my computer to show me like, hey, man, let's wrap this up. And <laughs> so I'm here to fight for my fans, okay, for all of our subscribers. <laughs> did we did so, we go too long with our so, our reviews? No, what that, day? that was that was a great it was a great review. You know, I just tried to make sure that we we give enough. To keep people wanting more, right? Oh, and, uh, yeah. We, we have a midweek show coming up. Uh, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, the upcoming Bellator card, next week's cards. And uh, we have, you know, we have two big fights announced last night that we will save for the midweek show so we can give you a proper preview. But anyway, let's talk about this one story before we wrap this thing up. Um, do you guys want to see Joanna come back for one last fight? She's talking about... Um, you know, not being not being ready to wrap wrap up her career, she might just want to put one more. It's not down. that she just might want to put; she's going to put. Let's just be honest. But no, I don't want to see her back. And it's not that I don't love watching you on a fight. I think she's unbelievable. She at one time was so dominant, so tough. But again, this is you know, it, it comes down to the, this is the you know thing with Frankie. You're always going to want one more. Because I just want to go out with a win. And then you get the win. You know, I, I think I could just, you know, I, I felt really good in this camp. And I think I could do, there has to come an end game. There has to come that point where it stops. And yeah, I understand you don't you don't like the fight that you had with, you know, Zhang Weili as far as uh, the outcome of it. You were fighting the, the person that is now the champ again one of the very best and you were one of the very best and it's okay to walk out like that she's going to be remembered as one of the best female fighters you know the, the second straw weight champion someone that held the belt forever you know she doesn't need to fight anymore there's too many things that she can do in the fight game she's smart she's got a great personality i love her i don't want to see her get i, I don't want to see her get you know 
spinning back fist and knocked on her ass again. It's, it can happen. And it's just, you get that last fight. It doesn't mean you're going to get that last win. Mm-hmm. I had this, I don't know where I heard it from, but it's a, it was like a saying. It says your, your new life is going to cost you your old one. There, it's true. You need to, when, when I retired and I said this to myself, and I took some time before I even talked about retiring. You know, I took over a year and it really just came down to like, I just had to evaluate my life and where it was going and what I was doing. I left a lot of money on the table. Like I still have a contract with Bellator and there's a lot of money sitting in that bank account. You know what I mean? And I could just, if I could just go back and fight at any time and still make that money. But the bottom line is, is I just knew that it just wasn't for me anymore. But the, what helped me to get over all that is I stopped going to AKA and I had, I got nothing but love and respect for everyone that's there. I just had to make that change. I mean, I, it's funny. I had Thomas Dion just call me because he's the kickboxing coach there now for the fight team. Hey man, come by, support the guys. I'm like, I have a life. Outside. And not that I don't want to go yeah. by and see everyone. No. I do. Yeah. But I also I've been remember, there with you and, and, and yeah. I, I, I see you light up when you're talking to everyone and everything. Yeah. And it's good. I love it's it. Tough. It's but tough. it's tough. Like I just don't I don't I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there during I want to go there to watch training, but I also don't want to be a distraction. I want to go there to see the younger generation of what's coming up, who's coming up. But I also don't want to be I remember when I was training and we had people come in and watch. I also don't want to be that person. I want to be someone that just can text you and say, Hey, what's up? How are you guys doing? I don't want to be that person. Like this is your this is your place of work, your business. I I don't want someone coming to my freaking place of business and interrupting me. So I don't go. You know, and uh it, and there's been times where I've been called like Kane before all this he'd, uh stuff that he's going through. He had called me and said, "Hey, you should come by, you know, wrestling day or jitsu day and you know, train, work with guys or or just show, you know, walk around and help out." Um Yeah, it just you need to make a separation. And that's where these fighters have a hard time with Joanna. I can't imagine. I can't imagine that she left the gym at ATT. I think she, it just seems like she's too ingrained. You need to separate that. Once you say you're going to retire, because I caught myself after the Patricky fight, I kept going to the gym and still training. And in my mind, I'm like, I know I'm not fighting again. I don't want to do this shit no more. I knew it. I just knew it. So then if you know that, why, why are you doing that? If you can't give yourself the dedication and the heart and everything you did when you were 26, 28, 31, whatever it was, that much effort and feel like you were in your prime again, then don't do it. Yeah. This is this is the hurt business and you're going to get hurt. One foot in, one foot out, one foot in, one foot out. This ain't the fucking business for it. Yeah. And I know that it's, it's so funny because fighters all oh, I want to I can I still have one in. I can get the win. You're not guaranteed to win. That's one. And it's in two, like you're going to get there. And if you do win, you're going to want another one. It's a, it's an addiction. It really is. That's what, that's exactly. It's called, you know, there's this whole thing with you. What's a blessing is also a curse. Ah. And it's just so true. When you look at, you know, what is the blessing? The blessing is you had this career and, and you, you were successful and that's a blessing. But it's also a curse because you believe that you can continue on with that. Mm-hmm. And there comes a point and age, you know, we talk about it all the time. Father time's undefeated and age changes you mm-hmm. not only as a person, but as a fighter. Family changes you not only as a person, but as a fighter. And, and what is 
you know, your blessing as that fighter in the moment can also then become the curse. And it's, you know, people can look at things and, you know, fame, it's a blessing. It's also a curse. You know, there's times when, you know, you, you enjoy meeting people and, and doing things and, you know, signing stuff and taking pictures and it's all great. And then there comes that point where it's not. It becomes too much. You have family there. You want to be, you know, with your family and not take attention away from them. But you have these people. I hope Joanna doesn't do it, but I believe that she will. Yeah, I hope she doesn't do it either. The the reason why I talk about retirement this way is because at that time, you have to remember is that they want that one more fight. What are they going to make? Let's say she makes 250 grand, maybe $300,000. I'm going to say high level. She makes 300 oh, yeah. grand. Let's just no, say she makes more. one, but one, one, do you think she'll make that though on a return fight after coming off of a loss to Whaley? I think that would determine the level of opponent that they're going to put against yeah, her. Exactly. So then let's say, I don't know who she, if she does come back, who she'll fight, but that one fight, this is how I put it in my head, okay? Say I was going to make $200,000 to fight. That that two hundred grand would have lasted me a year, year and a half. You know what I mean? Well, like, come look, on. I'm pretty cheap, so I'm frugal with my money. <laughs> a year, it would have lasted you a year, year and a half. One fight last year, you know, $200,000 could last yeah. you a year and a half, whatever it is. Okay. If you decide... You have a whole nother life after fighting at 40 years old. You get knocked out again. You get yeah. like you start taking years off of your life. There you that go. That 200 grand to me is not worth it. That's, it just wasn't worth it. I'm part. like, okay, this is not, I don't want to go out there and do this. I, I love it, but it's not me anymore. I can't do it at the level that I used to be able to do. And the training isn't what it used to be. Like it's, it's my body's not taking it like it used to. And I looked at Frankie Edgar last night. And I looked at myself when I fought Patriki. Our bodies look the same. It's that your body starts to look like it's not as propped up. It's not as like, sure, not you're ripped. Full. It's not yeah. as full. You're, you, you know, I looked at pictures of me back in the day and I was like, man, you were pretty filled out. Yeah. And then I looked at my towards the end of my career. You look like it's, I don't know. It's thinner. Yeah, like a Brian Callen body. Yeah, but... you look like Brian Callen. Like, <laughs> Brian Cowan's going to give you a hard time about this one. He's going to definitely. What are you talking about? Are you saying I look good? Are you yeah, saying I like, look bad? He's got, yeah, he's got like the no upper pectorals. He's got just the low little, you know, it's something you'd wear a sports bra with. You know, it's just. <laughs> Brian's going to fucking murder me next time. He's going to come after me hard in the paint. It's great. But just the way that my body would look towards the end, even at weigh-ins, you, you don't look full. You don't look as. You're sure you're shredded and ripped. Frankie looks shredded and ripped. But your body goes through changes. She's, I think she's not, she's not that old though. What is she, 36, 35? She still yeah. has a fight or two in her. But when I look at her though, she's somebody the UFC can continue to market and utilize because she's such a fan favorite that you can, yeah. she can, they can bring her everywhere. And she's so socially, like she's so, she can work social socially amongst like fans and groups and, and meet and greets. She's a fantastic person outside of the cage. Like she's somebody that you can market to help yep. build your brand across the world. And so I, I don't see a reason for her to come back. I hope she doesn't come back. I'm with you on that job. Well, she, and she had talked about, she's 35 and she had talked yeah. about, you know, she wanted, she wanted to have a kid and everything. Yeah. Again, 
exactly what you said. You got to give up your old life to start your new. It's because you have a whole look. If she has a kid, that's a whole nother life. Oh, yeah. Like you want to be there for your child. At 35, you're going to be, you know, you'll be pushing 60, 70 or whatever. By the time your kid's 30, 40 years old, you want to be able to enjoy your grandkids too potentially and see them. It's going to be like you have a whole other life afterwards. So be very, be very uh, frugal. Be very cautious with your money. Spend it wisely and just move on slowly. Yeah, spend your time wisely with family, friends, whatever it is. Enjoy that portion and create something new. Yep. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this up because podcast Dave keeps sending me texts, wants to get me off of this thing. So if you guys <laughs> well, are going to get mad, send him some negative comments in the, in the it's comments It's all your section. boy DC's fault. He's and, the one dropping content yeah. on a Sunday morning though. So uh, uh, he's oh. co- he, no, all he's done is copied us, bro. His <laughs> three rounds. Remember his three rounds? He did a yeah. three rounds. We've been doing five rounds forever. Yep. And he went and started his own three-round show. I had to text him about that. He's like, oh, I didn't even know. Shut, shut <laughs> up. Calm and now he's down. dropping content on Sunday. So we yeah. just got to make sure that we... DC, uh, I, you know? DC, I know you're a fan, brother. I know. I know. <laughs> when, when, when they watch you and never tell it, never say anything, they're a fan. <laughs> oh, I love my boy. All right. Hey, go to waitingpodcast.com. Pick up some of our merch. It's getting cold. Sweater season. Whoa. So pick up one of our sweatshirts. And hoodies and all those things, long sleeves, coffee mugs. You got it all available for you at weighinginpodcast.com. Well, John, it was a great night of fights last night, and um, we got a lot coming up. We got Bellator this weekend, so we're going to film on Tuesday so we can drop on Wednesday while you and I are in Chi Town. We're flying. So take us away. Yes. And for everyone out there, congratulations to the UFC on their 29th anniversary coming into the 30th year of the sport of MMA here in North America. So congratulations to them. For everyone out there, we hope you enjoyed all of our feedback on the fights and what took place. Please continue to watch us. Ring that bell. Subscribe. All that good stuff. And we will see you. Go Chiefs.